You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. We got our Bibles out. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5 uh, and verse 8. The thing that we're going to talk about today is simply this. I want to talk about that word servanthood. I want to talk about being a servant. And I told you, most of you, when I said that word, you're going to be like, yes, I love talking about being a servant. And honestly, if I asked you guys the question, and we've, we do this on occasions where we will take concepts or words or things that we throw around in the church, things that we say all the time that I'm a, if I, if you were, if I were to ask you the question, would you be in the agreement, you would say, I am a servant of God. How many of you would say as a, as a, as a church going believer, you would say, I'm a servant of God. Raise your hand if that's a, he can see through the roof. I'm just letting you know that. All right. All right. So you would describe yourself as a servant of God, correct? I can't hear you. There we go. Thank you. I'm going to need you guys today. So we would describe ourselves as being servants of God. But the reality of it is, and I'm, can only, I am only saying this from my perspective. I am not kicking you in the teeth. The reality in my life is when I say the word that I am a servant of God, the reality of it is I don't know or maybe do I really understand what I mean by and when I say I am the, I'm using that word servant, I am an actual servant. Do I actually carry the weight that the Bible puts on that word being a servant of God? Do I actually carry that weight in my definition when I describe myself as a servant of God? And so I want to just kind of give us kind of a, 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 a rundown of, of what the Bible says about being a servant and then making sure, again, I like to allow the word. I, you don't need my opinion, right? How many of you know that? You don't need my opinion. My opinion is short-sighted. It's most likely tainted by myself. I am just, I want to give us the word of God. What does the word of God say? Make sure, and then allow us to then put our life up into context next to it and go, okay, where am I falling short? Where, where is the thing that I need to ask God's for grace, mercy, and forgiveness to walk in this thing? How do I need to do that? What does that look like? And so today we're going to just allow the word to kind of teach what the word is designed to do and to, to take us from death unto life, all right? Because here's the thing, guys. If we don't understand the concept of servanthood in the context of what the word of God says, if we do not understand it, we do not live our life based on being an actual servant of God, there are many things that the enemy can come in and mess with us with. There are many things that we will never step into. There are many things that we will never advance in when it comes to the kingdom and his plan. It's just a reality, so we better know the weight of this. So let's start here. Let's start in Philippians, okay? And in the book of Philippians, where did I tell you to go? Chapter 2, starting in verse 5 through 8. I want you to see this, what it says there. And in some, some uh, translations, it says this in verse 5. It says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And I love it. In another translation, it says, have this same mind about you, meaning this same pattern 
that you're going to see walked out in Jesus' life have this same mindset about you. This is not a request. This is not a, hey, maybe on the weekends, hey, maybe once in a while, hey, maybe have an understanding of this logically. No, he says, listen, I need you to have the same mindset that Christ did when it came to being a servant. Meaning, and, and so who is he? Let's just ask this real easy question. Who is he talking about there? Or who is he talking to? He's talking to all of us, Right? He's not just saying that. He's not saying just leadership in the church or just those that are, quote, called to the ministry that ends you up on a platform with a microphone. No, he is talking to all believers, all that make up the church community. He is saying, have this mindset about you. The same mindset that Christ had, have this same mindset uh, in you. And here's what it says. And a lot of this stuff is felt board stuff, but we're just going to allow the word to work on us today. Is that fair? All right. It says this, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own good or to his own advantage. Let's just stop there. Because we're going to begin to, if we're looking for a definition or for a defining, like we're not going to go to the dictionary. We're just going to look at the life of Christ and see how did Christ define what servanthood looked like. And the first thing that we're going to see that is this, is that he did not use anything given to him for his own advantage. Did you hear what I just said? So that one of the first layers and the first defining things of understanding what it means to be a servant is somebody that does not use what has been given to them for their own advantage. Jesus had all right. Jesus had all authority. Jesus had the, he, he, could have, he could have showed up on earth and said, I am who I am. Now worship me and accordingly. But he said, I am not going to use my equality with God as an advantage for me. And watch what it says there. Rather, he made himself what? I'm sorry? Say that again. Let's hear that one more time. Nothing. And that right there, my friends, is always going to be, and we're going to get into this because we're going to talk about where we struggle. This is going to be our war. Our war is right there. He made himself what? Nothing. And Jesus says, and the writer of Philippians says, he says, have this same mindset about you. Have this same mindset in your mind. If you are going to want to walk like this, then this has to be in you. He made himself nothing. And the reality of it is we are, man, we are programmed to make ourselves something, right? We are always striving to make ourselves something. It is ingrained in us. It is taught to us societally. It is taught to us, come on, go do this, work harder, work out, exercise, take your body from this to that. Take your finances, do better in finances, work harder, take your finances from here to there, make it better, make something of yourself, go to school, get a degree, get a job, get a skill set, make yourself something, right? 
And so even, and none of that is evil. Follow me on this. None of that is evil. I'm not saying that you were wrong for going to school or getting a skilled trade right now, which by the way, the thing that I'm loving right now is I keep telling my sons is look around right now. Look around right now. Look at all the skilled trades that did not get furloughed right now. It is good to know how to work with your hands. It is good to know how you fix something. Now I have to find somebody that can teach them that because I don't know how to do that, all right? So that's all right, that's all right. But I keep telling them, I'm like, it's good, it's good to do that. But so there is, a, there is something in us that we're always trying to make something of ourselves. Yet we see the pattern of Christ saying, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a what? Servant, a servant. And guys, we need to add back, and I'm going to try to allow the word to add back the weight of that word, because this is where we've lost it. We've lost the idea of the weight of becoming a servant, and it says this. It says, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Again, he, the creator becomes in the likeness of creation, all right? And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself. So one of the other areas of being a servant is, is, is not using for my own behalf what I've been given. I, I have to make myself uh, nothing. I have to make myself something. There has to be what's in me has to decrease. And then he says, and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So the last defining thing that we're going to use here, and we could pull out a bunch of scriptures about Jesus becoming a servant and operating in that servanthood, but this passage just kind of lays that out. That part of being a servant, part of one of the main, or the main pieces of becoming a servant is that word obedience. I cannot be a servant to somebody that's a master if I'm not obedient to that master. Are you following me on this? So I'm trying to make us understand. We say that we are servants of, the, of God. We, say, we would define ourselves. And we'd all, we all raised our hands. Yep, I'm a church-going servant of God. But the reality of it is, is when I look at this definition, that, that the writer of Philippians says, have this same mindset in you, when I look at this same definition, I see failings in my life because I see myself using everything that's been given me for my advancement. I see me becoming more, not becoming less. I see me becoming more arrogant and not humble. And I see myself becoming less obedient than becoming obedient. Yet out of my mouth, and even songs that we sing, oh, Father, I serve you. Oh, I'm a servant of God. Oh, I just live to serve you. And so I believe that sometimes our, our definitions of what we say, we have to take them back, don't we? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't we rather go through the pain of taking what we say out of our mouth and putting that into the, into the context and up against the light of the scripture and seeing if it falls short and then finding out that it falls short and then being able to repent and then act accordingly? Wouldn't it, isn't it, much, isn't it worth the pain of doing that than just living the lie of saying out of my mouth? Oh, I'm a servant of God. See, we always wonder how in the world, in the Bible where Jesus says, you know, there are going to be all, there are going to be many that came to me and said, hey, I knew you. I did this and I did this. And he's going to look at him and said, I, I don't know you. 
I would much rather take all of these things, all of these concepts, servanthood, salvation, what it looks like, all of these things, put it in the light of the context of Scripture and see if we are off for the sake of our very souls. Is that fair? So are you guys willing to kind of go through this pain for a moment for the sake of seeing where we land at in Scripture? Okay, good. I just wanted, I was, listen, I was giving you an out. I was giving you an out. I was giving you a way to, to just leave right now, but we're going to go through this. We're going to go through this. So we've kind of allowed Philippians to kind of, number one, just put the pain, to, to put the emphasis back on it, that we should have the mindset that Jesus had according to how he walked out his life. He walked out his life. He walked out his example as a servant. And the writer here is saying that we should have this same mind. We should have the same mind. And then he gives us this beautiful definition. Let me just say this. The second, the second we unalign, is that a word? Is that a word? I'm making it a word. The second we we move our alignment when Jesus says, this is my example. The second we move ourselves off of that, the second we take ourselves off of that and say, yeah, he was a servant, he was a pattern, but I will live my life differently. You have just now removed yourself from actually following after true lordship. Are you, are you checking with me on that? Like, that's how heavy what we're talking about is. This isn't just one of those things where we're like, oh, yeah, servanthood. Oh, yeah, giving. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got that stuff. No, if we don't have this right, what you are saying, I don't care how many Sundays you show up here, the second you move yourself out of the pattern that Jesus said, this is the way, you've unaligned yourself, you're out of alignment with the Lordship of God. Are you following me on this? So there's some weight here, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that we get this weight back. Come on, we know that passage in Scripture, right? We love it. In Joshua chapter 24, right? We love this, right? How many of you have, this is probably on something. It's on a piece of wood. It's on a plaque. It's on a post. How many of you have this Scripture somewhere in your house? Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, right? As for me and what? My house, we're going to do what? Oh, we're going to serve the Lord, right? Man, that looks good over the mantle. That looks good over the fireplace. That looks good over the doorway. Man, we love that stuff. We love declaring Joshua chapter 24 and 15. We love that. The only problem is, is if you move down in Joshua, and I'm just going to pull this up here because I want you to see this. If you move down into Joshua chapter 24, down into verse 21, you're going to see this. It says this. But the people said to Joshua, no, 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 no. Because this is Joshua kind of going back and forth with the people like, are you going to do it? And they're like, yes. Can you do it? Yeah, we can. And this is what they say. But the people said to Joshua, no. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll serve the Lord. And then Joshua begins to define what servanthood actually looks like. He says, then Joshua says, you are witnesses against yourselves. Meaning, when we say out of our mouth, that I am a servant of God. We have become a witness against ourselves. Are you following me on that? We become a witness against ourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord, meaning you're declaring it. I didn't declare this for you. And they say, oh yeah, we're witnesses, they replied. And then Joshua says, now then, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. All of a sudden, Joshua's gonna take it from just making a statement to action. 
all of a sudden Joshua is going to take weight of just saying, yeah, we're serve God. All of a sudden he begins to put parameters around it of going, okay, you say you serve God, then why are there still gods of your past in your home? Why are there still gods of, of what, where he found you? Where are there still gods of what used to be what you served to and cleaned? Why are they still here? Because servanthood is not just a statement of faith. It is not just a statement or a declaration that you made at an altar or a statement that you made in a pew. It is a statement of obedience. Father, I am here and I will serve you. Now, let's just unpack just that piece. Are you guys with me today? Okay, I just need to make sure I'm hearing you. Okay, I want to make sure you're with me on this. Because we need to unpack just real quickly before we kind of get into this other section. When I say that I am deciding to choose to serve somebody, what I am doing in that very nature is I am elevating them to a position that is what? Higher than who? Me, right? So in that very nature, it is impossible, it is impossible to walk out true lordship and say that we are a servant of God without having the weight on the fact that I have elevated God and not that he needed me to elevate him, but that I am seeing him in his elevated position and in accordance to my life. Are you following me on that? So when I say that I am choosing to serve you, I am choosing to be obedient to you, I am choosing to make all of these things that I used to cling to lesser and, and seeing them in the light of you being greater, I am elevating you into proper position. So the thing is this, guys. When we do not have a true understanding of what servanthood does, one of the benefits of, ha of walking in true servanthood is that you constantly see God in the correct position of who he, who he is in your life. The second I take myself out of living a life of a servant of God, I bring God down to my level. And this is what we're going to get into. Because the second I begin to miss that God is who he says he is, that he is the creator and that I am the creation, then I, I no longer can walk or ever move forward in what he has for me. So I want to show you here what maturity looks like when our maturity goes from, uh, goes from uh, uh, the beginning stages of our walk into what true maturity looks like when it comes to being a servant of God, okay? You still with me? I want you to go to, to, to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And we're gonna, I, told you, I, I told you this ahead of time. We're going to jump around a little bit. And the reason being is because in this, in the, well, on any instance, again, you don't need my opinion. We need the word of God shaping us. We need to know the weight of this. We need to see this in the context of the word so that it affects us and it changes us. My goodness. Mark chapter, what did I say? 10 verse 45. It says this, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to do what? And to give his life as a ransom for many, okay? Now listen to me. Because I want to talk about us as how we, how we walk into, because we don't just, 
When I gave my life to Christ, when Christ found me in my wickedness and my brokenness, I was, I was a servant to something. I was a servant to sin. I was a servant to myself. I was a servant to my, to my flesh, right? How many of you, anybody else? Or am I the only one? Okay, that's how he found you, right? Oh, he definitely found you like that, right? I'm just saying, and you too. Oh, yeah. Come on, I know some backstories here. Man, you, and you served it well, right? You served that lifestyle well. You were obedient to it. And so the reality of it is, is, is because we are surrounded, and that is the lifestyle that he found us in, serving self. We have to understand that Jesus said, I am coming to serve and to be a ransom. So his service is to find those that are self-seeking, self-serving, and to ransom them out, to pay the ransom that they can't pay, and to get them out of the space from serving them and giving them the opportunity to link themselves to something that, to unlink themselves to something that was death and link themselves to something that is life. Are you following me on this? And so most of us, we understand that. You would, if I ask you to stand up here, if, if I ask Asanya to come up here and share her testimony about how God found her, what you would hear is, is I was a self-serving, stubborn, broken, red-headed woman who was insecure and, and, and arrogant, right? Or wait a second, that's my story. I'm just not redhead, right? But that's how he found me. And he loved me and he made himself a servant to me. He, he humbled himself. Follow me on this. He humbled himself, the creator, to the creation and said, I'm going to do something for you. You don't even deserve it, but I'm going to do this for you. Are you seeing this pattern here? So from the very moment, what I'm laying out here is a foundation here because we're, there are ways, if we don't understand this, we're going we're gonna to miss it. From our very first encounter with Christ, you encountered him as a servant. Think about that. I don't care if what they preached and, and how you came to him, and maybe they were just teaching on the amazing and the power and the authority of God. Your interaction with him, because, because of a decision he decided to make and said, the plan is, is for me to humble myself and to serve creation that does not deserve for me to humble myself, does not deserve what I'm about to do for him, is not worked for it, cannot earn it, cannot keep it, and I am going to do something that they cannot do, and I am going to give something that I don't have to give away on their behalf. I am going to be obedient even unto death. Why? Because they deserved it? Because we deserved it? Absolutely not. So our very first encounter, our very first pattern that we see with Jesus is simply him saving us as a servant. Well, here's the reality, guys. I don't know about you, but the second I, I got saved and the second I gave myself to Christ, I didn't have a full understanding of then what it looks like for me to walk that out. Anybody else? Did, anybody, did you get saved and, and just have that, that Paul experience where you were just like, oh, that's you, and then just change everything? Man, I didn't. I didn't. In fact, in fact he saved me as a, as a servant. He came and served me, and then he continued to serve me. Because even though I had been taken from death unto life and I had been made from righteous or unrighteous to righteous, I was still operating in all of these self-centered ways. Am I the only one? 
And so what he did was, follow me on this, follow me. What he did is, and even coming to church, right? We come to church and, and say you're a new believer, even if you're a, an older believer, that you, you're constantly being told, well, God is working out of you and God wants to do in you and, and through you. You're constantly being told that. So even after our first encounter, we don't honest, automatically understand what it means to be in servanthood, but he begins to give us patterns, and he keeps wiring those things into us. He keeps showing us, okay, this is what it looks like. Come on, dig into my word. This is what it looks like. You got to get that thought process out of your head. This is what it looks like to be obedient. See my example of me being obedient. See my example of me being humble. See my example. Like he begins to do that. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. And we see all of that, and I'm not going to make you go there. We see all of that in Romans chapter 5 and 6, or actually mainly in chapter 5, where we see the benefits of Jesus saving us and setting us free from that which we could not set ourselves free from. But the, here's the problem, what begins to happen, is that if we don't understand that our next step after Jesus found us and he showed us what servanthood looks like, if we don't understand that our next step is to then pattern the same servanthood as Jesus was showing to us, then we can have a checkout point there. Follow me on this. Follow me on this. If we remove the weight of the calling to have this mindset in us, if we remove the weight of that, right? It would be very easy for us to come to church, to get saved, right? And then, and then come back to church and have this kind of this pattern put before us that Jesus is constantly here to serve you. Jesus is constantly here to serve and take that thing out of you, man, and, and put something good in there right? And he's constantly after you to, man, he's here to serve. What do you need? Jesus is just here to help. What do you need? I'm here to give you whatever you need. What do you need? I I'm here for you. Miranda, whatever you need. I I'm here. I want to do this. And man, we get this mindset that that's who Jesus is. And what happens is, is if we don't understand the weight of what Jesus said is to be my servant, then what happens is, is everything flips, we stay, even though we, are, we used to be servants to self, Jesus has now set us free from that, but we've never made ourselves servant and obedient to him. And then what we do is we have this weird dynamic between us and our Savior, the one that we quote, follow, that one that we follow after, and what we do is we make him the one that is following after us. We turn him into the servant. We, have, we say, oh, yeah, I'm a servant, but the reality of it is when I look at my life, I'm just walking and doing my thing, doing my, being obedient to myself, and then asking Jesus to come along when I need him to serve me and to get things out that, that might cause problems and help me out with this and make me a better husband and make me a better dad and make me a better employee. And Jesus is just like, okay, uh, uh, whatever you need, uh, I'll do it for you. And man, we can live our entire Christian existence as sitting out of our mouth, I am a servant of God. In all reality, we've made God the servant of me. No, no, are, are you following me on this? Like, I, I, do you see how we could sit in church 
for years and years and years. And because we have removed kind of the doctrinal peace that God has all authority and you are created and you have to be obedient to the creator because we've minimized that. This understanding or this thought process is I just come in and sit and find out how Jesus can help me out again. I just come to church to find out how he can make my marriage better. I just come to church to find out how he can help me with my finances. Man, that's not me being obedient to him. That's not me walking in that pattern of servant. That's me saying, Jesus, you actually follow after me and help me along the way. Boy, you will never step into the calling and the plan of God and the true ministry of God in your life until this is reversed. Until we understand the weight of what it means to actually be obedient, to be humble, to not use what has been given to us for our own gains. Like there is some weight here, guys. Like there is some weight of him saying, listen, like, like I need you to understand, like the pattern is, the pattern for the good news, think about this, the reason it's good news is because we see this gospel of the creator becoming humble and serving the creation. The reason maybe the church is kind of failing at delivering that message is because we've just flipped it around. And we've got church full of people that have just turned Jesus into a servant and not one to be served. And so we don't deliver the message from a gospel place or from a, from a, a biblical place. We deliver it from a position of, oh, I'm the center focus of this. And Jesus is just here to, to do this. I want you to see this. Are you guys still with me? Listen, I know this isn't like, I, I, listen, I know ahead of time that these aren't like rah-rah messages. I, I know that. But, but I, do you understand, and I, I've said this enough, but do you understand that my only concern is, is for your soul? You get that? And so there are times, and we have to take our lives and go, Father, if there is anything that is off, please let me know for the sake of my soul. I don't want to live five more years, ten more years, living a lie that I declare out of my mouth and then missing it. That's why when Jesus said, he said, he said, oh yeah, he said, oh man, uh, they, man, they, they, they worship me with their mouths, but they're what? Their hearts are where? Far from me. I want you to see this. So there's that jumping off point when he finds us and he shows us what servanthood is in Romans 5 and 6. And we see that in Mark 10 verse 45 and we see that that's the pattern. But, the, but he's trying to mature us into something, guys. Like servanthood is something that matures. So servanthood is, is going from I serve self and now I, I, I serve something else that is not self. In fact, you're going to see this. I love this. And we'll just jump to this in and, and, and John. In John chapter 3, go there real quick. In John chapter 3, there's that, that passage that John the Baptist begins to talk about. And we all know it, and we, but we, again, it's, it's putting the weight back on this. In John chapter 3, verse 30, John is just getting, he's talking to his disciples, and, and what's going on is John is still walking in his ministry, right? 
John was the one that went ahead of Jesus to prepare the way. And he's baptizing people. And he's got followers. And he's doing his thing. And then Jesus shows up. And his disciples start turning to Jesus and start turning to him. And they're like, hey, dude, we good with this? Like, they're kind of talking through this, right? Like, they're like, okay, are we good? Are we good with, with all this going down? And John says one of the most heartfelt statements and one of the most things, if I, if I could just kind of inscribe it on our heart, he says this. He says, he must he must increase, he must become greater, and I must what? I must decrease or I must become less. See, John got it. John was given the ministry to prepare the way. Follow me on this. He was given a ministry, a position. John could have used his position to either hang on to his own disciples. Are you hearing me on this? to keep his kingdom, to keep his world, to keep his world intact. And his disciples were even kind of asking him and saying, or, or, do we need to guard the perimeter? Because your ministry is being attacked. Are you, are you, are you seeing this? To put that into modern day terms. You got people going from one church to another church. Are we good with that? Do we start, do we, do we put up the, uh, the defenses? And John just looks at him and goes, no, I get it. Like, like for this to work, like for everything that I've been saying, for everything that I have been saying that there's one coming after me, for everything for this to go down the way it's supposed to go down, the one thing that has to happen is that I must decrease. I must become less and he must become greater. He understood the weight of servanthood. He understood that if I don't understand, if I, if I don't walk this out at this very moment, follow me on this. Do you understand that John had the weight of the souls around him? Listen, his own disciples, he had the weight of their very souls on him right there. And he could have said, you know what? No, I got this. You guys just hang with me. Come on, I'll just keep teaching you about the word. I'll just keep teaching you about this guy. Come on, no, 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 you just stay with me. And, in, and because John not wanting to serve himself and be concerned with him being the central focus, he then saves all of those around him by elevating the one that needs to be elevated and making sure that he is seen clearly in the eyes of those that are even, quote, following him. Man, even if you're following me, if I'm discipling you, eh, listen, I, I need you to see past me and see him. Like, I, I'm going to show you a pattern, but it ain't mine. Uh, let, let me get out of the way here. Do you see this guy? If I'm leading you, I'm, I'm pointing you to somebody else. I'm, I'm constantly making myself less so that he can increase. And not just, not just for his sake, but for the sake of those that are walking after me. Do you understand that there is a world of people around our world, meaning in your spectrum of life, that they're very, until you grab on to that understanding of what it means to wake up on a daily basis and to be a servant to those around you as Christ was a servant to, to, to us, man, we could, be, we could be holding lives in jeopardy. Are you seeing the weight on this? 
And I love this. And, we, and I could sit here and define this, and I'm not. I'm not going to keep it much longer. But we want to, and, and most of us that are note takers and list makers, we want to know how. We want to know what that looks like. Okay, so tell me, how do I serve? How do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? What do I need to do? What box do I need to check? How do I do this? No, it's not just, I'm not just going to give you a bunch of rules and do's or don'ts because then you'll just chase after some moral checkbox, right? And not chase after actually being obedient to when he speaks to you to do something. I love this. I love when, when Jesus said this, and I think it's written again in, uh, I think it's in Corinthians, where he basically just talks about that the whole of the law is summed up in this, to love your neighbor as who? As yourself. We see that passage in Matthew. We see that beautiful, elegant passage in Matthew. It's a rough one. But where, where Jesus basically, like, when he looks at his guys, and he's like, listen, when you saw me hungry, when you saw me broken, when I was in prison, when you saw me sick, you did all of these things for me. And they're like, but when did I? And he's like, when you did this unto the least of me, you did this for me. And so I want us to understand that what servanthood looks like is simply this. To give you just some context here, what servanthood looks like and what it should looks, look like in our lives or what we're trying to mature in our lives is when I wake up on a daily basis, I should be putting the same love on that how I used to love myself and elevating those around me to that level. Like that's what it looks like to walk in servanthood. Are you following me on that? Meaning I, I don't want to give you like, hey, uh, Asanya, do this and then do this and then go see somebody in the hospital and then go do this. No, I, I'm not going to give you those things. I'm just saying when we wake up, the mature heart of a servant says this, I love my neighbor as I love myself. And all you have to do is to think back on how much you loved yourself when he found you. And that same weight that you put on that is the same obedience you now walk in towards other people. I am going to serve those how I used to serve myself. That same passion, that same desire, that same I'm not going to let anything get in my way. I'm going, to, I'm going to walk in humility. I'm going to be obedient. But I am going to wake up and see those around me. Those around me in the context of how he sees me. Are you following me on this? Guys, listen, I, I, I know the second, there, there are certain words kind of I throw out there and when we start talking about these concepts that we just, we take them and we just go, yeah, I got that, be a servant, I'm a servant of God, it says it on my bumper sticker, but there is weight to this, like there is, like there is eternal weight to this. You will never walk in your ministry until you are walking as a servant. You will never work in the fullness of God and what God has for you until you walk as a servant. And you will never understand the true work, God working through you until you understand the weight of what it means to be a servant. And so I encourage you today, practice it on your family. Wake up, serve those around you, serve those immediately around you. Serve your, your mom, your dad. Serve your brothers, your sisters. Serve your children. Begin to walk that. Begin to see the weight of this. Begin to see that you must decrease. Why? So that he can increase. Because isn't that our goal? 
Isn't that the goal of everybody that I asked you to raise your hand and say, oh, are you a servant? How many of you say I'm a servant of God? Raise your hand. Is it the goal for him to be seen? Yeah, the only way for him to be seen is for me to get the heck out of the way. (laughs) I have got to become less for him to become more. There is weight on this, guys. There is eternal weight on this church. Let's pray. That makes sense to everybody? That help anybody? Come on, we've got some measuring sticks. We can go and look at our life. We can look at it through the context of Philippians. We can look at it through those that lens and see where am I being disobedient? Where am I not being humble? Where am I not taking on this mind that Christ had in his mind? Where am I missing the mark in this? Guys, it is worth the pain. It is worth the discomfort of lifting up our failures and saying, God, convict me, not under under condemnation, but under life. My goodness. Father, I thank you right now. Father, I thank you that this house, that our desire is to mature in servanthood. Not so that we can just be people that just go around going, hey, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? No, but in all of our lives, that is less of us so that you can be glorified and seen clearly. And not in the shadow of Chris Taylor. <laughs> not in the shadow of me, heaven forbid. Father, convict us. Put weight on us today. Let this rest on us like a wet blanket. Let us not be able to shake it off. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We'll stand to your feet, you beautiful people, you. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.